0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. Today, I want to speak about this idea of noise. Uh, And there is a lot of noise in the world, and the majority of it is just that. It's just noise. It's not necessarily good for us. It might not even be bad for us, but it is just noise. Many of us, in fact, have had the experience of listening to something or reading something, and we walk away feeling maybe worse about the world, and maybe even a little bit scared for where the world is heading. I wonder how many of you have ever read something in a book, and for whatever reason, you realize you've read a chapter, you've read a paragraph, you've read a page, and you realize nothing came in. Why? Because you were engaging with the book the same way we engage with the noise in our world. It's just background. And I would wager, if these experiences are common in our world today, then maybe what we need to do is ask the question, how do we drown out that kind of noise? If you are new to our podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. To those of you who tune in week in and week out, welcome back. As far as possible, we release this podcast every Tuesday. And the point is just for us to spend a few minutes together, maybe in traffic, maybe at gym, maybe just in a nice quiet place in your home over a cup of coffee. And let's just talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the Bible and ask how can we live more with our hearts aligned to the King and His kingdom. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're on and let's get into it. In scripture, we see a bit of a pattern when it comes to our enemy. In the Garden of Eden, Satan speaks to Eve. With Nehemiah, Sanbalat uses words to try and derail him. With Jesus, the devil comes and tempts him in the wilderness with words. It seems that One of the dominant strategies of our enemy is to fill our ears with his voice with noise because his voice only ever incites fear and rebellion. And a fearful mind rules a defeated person. I want to say that again. A fearful mind will rule a defeated person. In other words, one of the dominant schemes of the enemy is to push up the volume of his voice in our ears. And we see another example of this, and this is where I want us to camp today, in two kings. A man by the name of Rabshakeh comes on behalf of the king of Assyria, and he doesn't mount a physical attack, but rather through his words, he mounts a mental attack. I want to read the, the whole thing to you. It's a longish portion of scripture, but it's definitely worth a read. Two kings, 18, um, from verse 19. And the Rabshakeh said to them, Say to Hezekiah, thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, on what do you rest this trust of yours? Do you think that mere words are strategy and power for war? Interesting, because that's exactly what he's doing. And he says, In whom do you now trust that you have rebelled against me? Behold, you are trusting now in Egypt, that broken reed of a staff, which will pierce the hand of any man who leans on it, such as Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, no, no, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and to Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Come now, make a wager with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you 2,000 horses, if you are able on your part to set riders on them. How then can you repulse a single captain among the least of my master's servants, when you trust in Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Moreover, is it without the Lord that I've come up against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah and Shebna and Joah, said to Rabshakeh, Please, Speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. Do not speak to us in the language of Judah within the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But the Rabshakeh said to them, Has my master sent me to speak these words to your master and to you, and not to the men sitting on the wall, who are doomed with you to eat their own dung and drink their own urine? Great imagery there. Then the Rabshakeh stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you out of my hand. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying the Lord will surely deliver us and the city will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, make your peace with me, come out to me. Then each one of you will eat his own vine and each one of you his own fig tree and each one of you will drink the water of his own cistern. Until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey, that you may live and not die. Do not listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you by saying, the Lord will deliver us. I think many of us can relate to this moment right now. Here is an enemy. And he comes and he shouts all of these things. And, and just with his words, he attacks certain things. And in this passage, we see that he attacks our trust. Who are we trusting in? He attacks strategy. He attacks our ability. He says, even if we gave you horses and chariots, you couldn't even fill them with soldiers. He attacks your allies and your relationships. He attacks God. He attacks your resources. He attacks your confidence, your integrity, your unity. He even attacks what you are saying about God, your, your, your theology. He attacks all of it. And the attack here is loud and everyone can hear it. And it is designed to fill the ears of everyone in Jerusalem. And our enemy still comes and tries to be loud in all of the areas I've just mentioned. He wants us to be so filled with his voice that we doubt ourselves in each of these areas. So back to the question today, how do we drown out the noise? When the noise is like this, an attack of the enemy on all of these areas, how do we drown out the noise? I don't want to make it sound too simple. But the answer here is habitual praise and worship. If you want to drown out the voice of the enemy, you need to increase the volume of your praise and worship and do it regularly. Singing loudly on Sundays is great, but it's not enough. This needs to be habitual. And this is because of three reasons. Why is praise and worship, loud praise and worship, why does it need to be habitual? Three reasons. Number one, volume matters. When we praise and worship loudly, when there is volume to our praise, it drowns out the sound of the enemy, sound of the enemy. In other words, you cannot listen to the sound of your own praise and the sound of the voice of the enemy at the same time. I want to say that again. You cannot listen to the sound of your own praise and the sound of the voice of the enemy at the same time. One will drown out the other. You cannot hear the voice of your enemy and the voice of your savior at the same time. I get that, that many of us are quiet in terms of our personality and our disposition. We may not like the, the loud demonstrative praise. Many of us prefer more quiet, reflective moments or songs that are a little bit more meditative. However, when it comes to praise and worship in the midst of fear, volume matters. Can I encourage us? Let's step out of our comfort zone. Let's praise with more volume than we ever have. Next time you're in church, next time you're in a moment of praise and worship, can I encourage you, even if you're singing out of key, even if it's out of tune, raise the volume in your praise. Raise that volume. Secondly, if volume matters, the second thing that matters is that when we praise and worship, we experience the power of faith in God. Praise and worship has this thing where it almost deposits faith on the inside of us. Whereas the voice of the enemy will only ever deposit fear, praise and worship seems to amplify the volume of our faith. When we declare the goodness of God, when we declare the testimony of what he has done, it's almost like our faith gets an injection, a jumpstart. The reason this is important is because faith and fear do not exist well together. In the battle between faith and fear, it's often the sound of our praise that determines which is going to take up residence. If today that you listening to this right now are struggling with fear because the voice of the enemy has gotten too loud, maybe where you need to start is to praise and allow faith to be jump-started in your life. Maybe you need to allow faith to 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 take up residence in your life through praise. And then the last thing that we need to understand about praise and worship is that Uh, Praise and worship highlights our focus on the faithfulness of God. When we praise, we remember what God has done and what God is doing. When we listen to the voice of the enemy, we are consumed about how bad things might go. The voice of the enemy will try and convince us that our future is solely based on past performance. When we praise and worship, we are reminded that the one who was faithful to us in the past, the one who is faithful to us in the present, is going to be faithful in the future. What is it? Uh, What this does is it allows us to stop worrying about what might be, and we can rest in the knowledge of who holds what will be. Again, I realize many of us have come to become quite comfortable with living with fear, that that voice of fear is loud and the voice of fear is dominant. But can I encourage you today, praise and worship your way through this week. Praise and worship. Can I encourage you this week or however many days are left after you've listened to this or this week, can I encourage you to be intentional about the volume of your praise? Maybe you're sick, praise. Maybe you're worried, praise. Maybe you're, you're, you're fearful, praise. In fact, turn up the volume of your praise so loud in your car that people driving next to you think you are crazy. Turn it up so loud in your home that your children are going to ask you to turn the music down. I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, turn up the volume of your praise, because the only way to drown out the noise of the enemy is to amplify the praise of your soul. And so today, for the rest of this week, number one, praise loudly. Number two, praise with faith. And number three, praise the one who has been, who is, and who always will be faithful. I hope this has encouraged you, and my challenge for you this week is praise your way through this week. Allow your volume to drown out the noise. God bless you. Have an incredible week. And we will see you same time, same place next week.